Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Having a wonderful time here in VB. Amen. Do y'all call it VB? Okay. Okay. Virginia Beach. Hallelujah. You know, in California, we have Venice Beach. It's nothing like Virginia Beach, though. I'm going to tell you, uh, that's uh, California is where the, the geeks hang out at. We call them the geeks. I actually seen Beetlejuice walking down the street <laughs> in Venice Beach. Uh, I haven't seen nothing like that here yet. <laughs> you know, I like to watch people. It's just something that I've been doing ever since I was a child. We used to go to the malls and um, actually sit and watch folks. Uh, walk by and and as they walk by you know just staring at them watching them see you know what what they're doing how they're acting how they respond it's just something that I, I brought into my my adulthood <laughs> you know as I, I sit and watch out today you know on the boardwalk I'm watching folks you know you people will tell you a, a story about themselves if you you just watch them you know and I, I just I love people I just do if you got your Bibles, if you'll turn to Psalms 55, Psalms 55, and uh, as I was saying, I, I like to w- watch people in high school, I was <laughs> watch folks, you know, there was a, a, a group of guys in, in high school, uh, what they used to do is they, they, they were smokers, they smoked cigarettes, so you, you can't, couldn't smoke on campus, I hope it's still like that now, you know, in the schools, but you, you couldn't smoke it on, on campus. You had to go right across the street up under the, a tree. And so one of the teachers called, you know, the people that were smoking cigarettes, they called it the loser lane. You know, these are the guys, you know, that, that uh, he, he would say, not me, that would amount to nothing, you know, in life. He said they, they're going to loser lane you know, to, to puff on a cigarette, you know. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah. But these guys, there was something about them. You know, it was like they were trying to emulate something or act like somebody else other than themselves. They would wear these trench coats and cowboy hats in, in California. Cowboy hats, okay? And, and you know, they, and, and they got the long trench coats on. And, and I, I'm watch, I watched them for some time. And what they were trying to act like was the Marlboro Man. You know, we don't have no snow in California. You know, it really isn't cold enough. In the winter times, you could wear short pants in California. But these guys, you know, they were would act like somebody else, somebody who they were not. And you know, if if they would have did some research on this, they would have found out that uh, it wasn't just one Marlboro man; it was actually about four of them. And uh, all four of these men died from lung cancer. If they would have researched this, you know. The grass is always greener on the other side. You ever heard of that? That the grass is always greener 
you know, we, we always tend to look on the other side and look at our lives as, ah, oh, it's not so good. So, but the other side, so-and-so got it better than us, but really they may not have it as good as you. I want to preach a sermon tonight called Fantasy Fever. Amen. Out of uh, Psalms 55, 4. Amen. The Bible says, amen, in the fourth verse, it says, my heart is severely pained within me and the terror of death fall have fallen upon me. Fearf- uh, fearfulness and trembling have come upon me and horror has overwhelmed me. So I said, oh, that I had wings uh, like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander off and remain in the wilderness. Selah. I would haste my escape from the windy storm and the tempest. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I come to you by the blood of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior this day. God, I hide behind your word, God. There's nothing good in this man. And Father God, I uplift your name, God, this very day. God, touch your people. Speak to them, God. Multitudes. Father in heaven, give them wisdom and give them understanding. I'm asking you, God. Nothing that I have done, Father, but what you have done, God, and what you have done on the cross, God. We thank you, God, this day in the name of Jesus Christ. And God's people said, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, there's a word that is a very famous word that's uh, on the Internet. Or it could be a phrase. And what the word or phrase is, is a boredom. I am bored. Is probably one of the most famous words, amen, that's used on the Internet. More than any other word, I'm bored or bored. You know, and, and you know, boredom can get you in trouble. You know, you let yourself, you know, let your mind just float on and, 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 and you get, don't, you know, have anything, you know, to do it. You'll find yourself doing things that you don't want to do or you didn't plan to do or it wasn't your will to do. And you end up doing it. This word fantasy, it means the playing of the mind. One man said that uh, an idle mind is a devil playground. You ever heard of that? We used to say that a lot when we were children. And see, what fantasy is, the devil, he gets involved in fantasy. And what he does is he takes images of, he, you know, the things that you look with, uh, your eyes you see, you put inside of your temple, even things that you might hear. He'll use that as well. He's even so good that it might be something that smelled, you smelled something before, and he'll use that and he'll begin to twist it. He'll try to twist your thoughts. Satan is the enemy of truth. He is the enemy of reality. And he is definitely the enemy of God's vision. See, in the garden, uh, God, he told Adam not to eat uh, from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For the day that you eat of it, that you would surely die. And then just a a chapter later, in chapter 3 of Genesis, here it is, uh, the Bible tells us in Genesis 1, it says, Now the serpent uh, was more cunning than any beast uh, of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And what he did is he took truth uh, that God had spoke, uh, the word that proceeded from his mouth, uh, and he just took it and he twisted it just a little bit. See, that is a lie. Amen. You you know, we 
if we heard Satan just just tell us a, a blatant lie, we know, you know, that's a lie. I'm not going to do that. But see, he is cunning, and he, what he does is he'll take the word of God and he'll just twist it just a little bit to, and try to beguile you. And this is what he did to Eve. He beguiled her her mind. And see, he this trick that that Satan has done uh, in the in the garden is not a, a, a something that you know that nowadays is new. But it's the same old trick uh, from old. Uh, he, it's nothing new. The Bible tells us in, in Matthew 4, in the 8th verse, it says again, the devil took him to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him uh, all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And uh, he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall not worship uh, or you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone you shall serve. So here it is, the devil himself, he's trying to take the Son of God and uh, trying to beguile his mind. You know, we, have been, we would have been in trouble, you know, if you would have beguiled Jesus' mind. You know, just think about that. You know, you got salvation. You're saved. You're cleaned up. Uh, you're in church, you know, today. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, amen. The Holy Spirit is here. All of this is happening. But just think if Jesus, if he would have gave in in the garden. Oh, my God. We would have been in trouble. In 2 Corinthians 11.3, it says, But I fear, least by any means, as a serpent beguiled Eve. He's talking about, amen, the serpent actually using truth and twisting it. This word beguile, it is a word that means a mental trap. You ever seen somebody that was trapped in their mind? You know, you're speaking to them and they can't even think straight, you know? There was a woman once... Uh, I remember it was uh, on a Saturday morning, and uh, I, I remember I was a, a, the uh, I wasn't a door director. I was uh, actually an outreach leader, and and God spoke to me. He says, "I want you to go on A Street and clean." And uh, I mean, it was it was a beautiful vision that I seen. I just I share it with you. Uh, it was like I was in a park. Everything was green. It was beautiful, you know. And I'm walking, and I was like, "I know this is God right here," because nothing could be more beautiful than this. And I just stopped. I said, I said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And God said, I want you to go on 8th Street. I said, I got that. So when I, I finally woke up, you know, got dressed that morning, got my son ready. We used to ride. My, my son used to be my shotgun. You know, everywhere we go outreach, he'll go with me. And so, you know, we were driving on the way to church. It's probably about five miles. And I said, you know, son, uh, I believe God told me to go to 8th Street. So what I'm going to do is that I'm going to tell everybody, you know, to, to, to you know, at the outreach, show, we're going to go to A Street, you know, today. And so we ride a little bit, and my son, he says, he's about 13 years old now. He says, you know, Dad, he says, maybe God don't want everybody to go to A Street. Maybe he just wants you to go. I was like, man, shut up. <laughs> You're too smart, man. You know, you, your kids can say something sometimes, man. They make you feel convicted, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I know he's right. <laughs> so what I did is I lined everyone up. I said, okay, you're going to go here in this part of the city myself because I wanted a witness of what I heard from God, you know. And I said, I'm going to take this guy with me, and we're going on A Street just to find out what's going on. I, I let everybody know A Street is where we're going. And so uh, everybody left. We get in the car, me and this guy. We're driving up A Street. It's like right in back of the church, right? 
And the guy, he was like, do you know what you're looking for? I said, no, I really don't. I said, but I know that when it's what I'm supposed to see, it's going to, I'll know. You know, you get that unction, you know, inside of you. You know that you know that you know, right? And so we're driving up the street, and, and there was a young lady sitting on this uh, apartment step. And we drove past her, and I was like, turn around, that's her. You know, and so we, we go back, you know, and I, I grabbed a flyer, that's all I had. And, and I walk up to the young lady. She's just sitting there, and she's looking at me like, what do you want? You know, I said, I gave her a flyer. I said, hey, Jesus loves you. That's all I said. And, man, I'm telling you, the waterfalls came on. She started crying. What it was is she was caught up in, you know, uh, some perversion. She was caught up in, in, you know, drugs and all of this, and she could not find her way out. Well, the answer, the truth was standing right in front of her. The word of God is right there in front, and she could not. It looked like she was in an escape room, you know, that she, was, she couldn't find her, her way out of this thing. See, this is what Satan wants to do to you and I. He wants to put us in this mental trap. It's an ugly thing to see people in a mental trap. I've seen a Christian lady. This lady, she's coming to church. She's in drama and all of this. And all of a sudden, she leaves the church. Now, there's this story behind it that this woman, she gave herself to perversion and all of this. And here, you know, that she ends up leaving the church. It was months later. We had to go to Dallas to help a brother at a church in Dallas. Now, Dallas is a big old metroplex, right? So we get to Dallas, uh, we do the outreach, we go to a restaurant, the fellowship, and lo and behold, guess who we see? It's this lady. And she's walking down the street, and she noticed who we were. She, she noticed that we were, you know, the people from the Church of Colleen. And in her mind, you can see she was trapped in her mind. She began to cuss folks out, you know, people that she knew. that She knew people love her. She's cussing these folks out. She was trapped in her mind last time we ever seen her. I want to say this evening, amen, that fantasy is critical. It's a link to temptation. There's three phases. I want to share those phases with you. Amen. And first phase is the drawing away by your thoughts. The drawing away of your thoughts. Think about that. You know that you're, you're thinking about this thing. You really haven't done anything. But you're, you're thinking about it, and, and uh, you know, you, you, you're planning and plotting things out. You, you know, no, nah, I'm not really going to do that. But, you know, it, it does sound good to the flesh. You know, uh, you even entertain the thoughts in your mind. Uh, and then all of a sudden what happens is that your flesh becomes activated. You know, when you get your, enlist your flesh into what your plans are, it's kind of hard, you know, to turn back. You know, your flesh is like, oh, yeah, we can do that. You know? Matter of fact, we want to do that. You know, it's, it's like, you know, the temptation, and, and the thoughts in your flesh, they high-fiving each other. Oh, yeah, we're going to do this, ain't we, partner? <laughs> some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, <laughs> some of y'all, you let your flesh act like Crisco oil and get the popping and get all hot because of the thoughts you don't thought about. Oh, it's quiet up in there, Pastor. <laughs> this drawing away, this enticement. This fantasy process I'm talking about. This third phase is once fantasy begins to kick in, the temptation, it brings forth this sin. And sin, we know that brings forth death. James tells us in James 1.14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. You know, we try to blame everybody else. We got to answer, you know, that person caused me to do it. You know, she did it. 
He did it. The devil told me to do it. <laughs> but really what the, the deal is is that you, you've been playing in your mind. You've been playing in your heart. And now your flesh is involved. And, and now you've given yourself to it. That's what caused you to do it. You were enticed. A fantasy is accumulation of thoughts, uh, of false images that works inside of your mind this evening. One man says, we have become what we've watched. Mm, think about that. We've become what we watched. You know, in the Bible, it talks over hundreds of times about imagery. For example, in Leviticus 26, it says, uh, ye shall make no idols nor graven image, neither rear them up a standing image, neither shall you set up any image or stone in your hand to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord God. In Deuteronomy, it speaks about uh, the graven image of their gods uh, shall ye burn with fire. So here God, he's talking about these images. He's against these images that people give themselves to and bow down. Well, you know how to bow down to it, but do you, do you bow your heart down to it? You give yourself to this image. See, the only image that God is concerned about is you becoming the image of Jesus Christ this evening. This is the only image that God is he's worried about and that he's concerned about, that he wants you to be like this evening. We know that the Bible says, uh, amen, uh, that if you look at a woman with lust, amen, that you uh, uh, have already committed adultery. <laughs> wow, that's heavy. You're just a thing, man. I, I'm going to ask a question. Don't have nobody raise a hand. Okay, please. How many times have you thought about, you know, some type of lustful behavior or something just in the last 24 hours? Okay, thank you. Amen. Let that sit for a second. <laughs> I want to warn you about lust, though. All right? And I'm talking about the, the sexual lust. Last night we was talking about a different type of lust. But this type of lust that I'm talking about tonight, that this spirit, it don't care who you are. That's right. Even the children, listen to me. This spirit doesn't care what gender that you reach for. It just wants to be satisfied. Oh, I'm heterosexual. And I, uh, you know, I, no way. No, no, no. Well, I'm going to tell you that lustful spirit, it don't care. All of a sudden, you'll find yourself, you know, lusting for the, the same sex. You know, there was a gentleman, you know, he was a, a young man. He comes in. He's like, hey, he says, you know, at first, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I like the opposite sex. But now I have a problem. Uh, I, I, I like the same sex. I, I wonder why is that happening? I'm going to tell you why. Because the spirit of lust don't care. It just wants to be satisfied. I'm speaking to a woman. I'm counseling her. This woman, she used to be married, a man to a man. And uh, they used to come out to the church. But now uh, they, uh, they separated. Uh, she don't come out to the church no more. And uh, she don't like men no more. And so, you know, I'm, I'm crazy. I'll ask the question. I don't care. You know, I'm like, what happened to you, man? <laughs> you know, you used to be on fire. What, what happened? Well, I was working at a 7-Eleven, she's telling me, at night. And what happened is I'm there by myself, and there's a magazine rack that stood over to the side. You know, I never would look at it, but I was bored. I'm there by myself at night. I begin to pick up these magazines and look at them. And then there's something that triggered inside of me. And now she's dating women. Got quiet up in here, Pastor. See, the spirit of lust uh, don't care what you like. 
or what you like to do or what you think you might like to do. Now, there's something that's dangerous. I seen this thing first time in 2005. I'm walking around. I'm the door director in Colleen. I'm checking, you know, make sure everything is okay. We had this gentleman that worked at Sprint. And this man, he's working, and, and he used to get all the top, you know, technologies, and he would bring them to church and show everybody. And, and uh, what he did is he brought the first phone uh, that showed videos. As soon as I seen that, he pulled it out, watch this, man. He pulled it out of his pocket, and he showed like a TV program. I said, that's going to be a problem. That right there is going to be a problem right there. People are going to fall for that thing right there in your hand. The same people, amen, that brought, uh, you know, a thousand songs that you could place in your pocket. They also brought uh, the ability to have filthy images, amen, and entice Christians every day. Well, it won't happen to me, Pastor. You know, I'm strong. Really? You better protect yourself, amen, by the word of God. Hide the word of God inside of your heart. Because the devil, he don't play fair. That serpent, he's cunning, and he's coming at you a hundred times a day. Or more. There was a young man in my church in, in uh, uh, Louisiana, disciple. And he played the piano. And, uh, man, this guy can play the piano, man. I mean, <laughs> Liberace ain't got nothing on this cat. <laughs> you know, I mean, he could play the piano. I mean, he's just a gifted guy. But, you know, it got to a point that every time he would play the piano, it was something inside of me. It just felt just unnerving. It just felt nasty. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, there's something ain't right about that, you know? And so I was like, okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take him off the piano. I'm going to give him follow-up. You know, he probably needed it anyway, you know, to help him, you know, in becoming a pastor and discipleship. You know, so we, we moved him into another ministry. And so during his follow-up, you know, he was also, you know, taking care of the sounds and all of that in the back. And he had this computer he brought in. And he sets the computer up. And as soon as I seen the computer, you remember I seen that, the guy with the, the, the telephone, the technology. You know, and as soon as I seen that computer, I said, hey, I said, put a block on that thing. Oh, I, I, Pastor, I'm, I said, no, 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 no. You don't hear what I'm saying. Put a block on that thing. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know, okay, Pastor, whatever you say. So here it is. It's a couple months go down the road. It's uh, probably it's about, you know, January. We're going to Prescott Conference. And, uh, you know, man, I'm excited. I'm like, man, I'm going to take my wife for the first time. Prescott Conference, man, this is going to be a good year. You know, uh, the next morning we had to drive from uh, Shreveport to Dallas you know, to get on the airplane. You know, it's a three-hour drive. You know what I'm saying? But I still was excited. But about 11 o'clock that night uh, before, I got a telephone call. And it was a family. And the father, he says, hey, pastor, I need you to come over to my house for a minute. I said, dude, I said, it's 11 o'clock at night. I know that I'm a pastor, man, but I got to get some sleep. (laughs) We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, Would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.
know what I'm saying? Pastor know what I'm talking about. I need to get some sleep, man. He's like, okay, but, but pastor, you really, really need to come over to the house. Okay, I'll be there. So I got dressed. Uh, I go over to his house. I knock on the door. The door opens. I walk in, and his whole family is sitting around the house, man. I'm talking about his wife. You know, he had like four kids, his mama, his daddy sitting there. I'm like, uh-oh. I was like, uh, okay, so uh, what did I do? You know, I don't, I'm trying, I'm counting in my mind. I said, I didn't do, I think, what me? <laughs> you know, did I say something over the pulpit or something? You know, he said, no, pastor, it's, it's cool. It's not you. But it's this guy, the one that you moved to the fellowship, to the follow-up. It's him. And he looked at his daughter, 14 years old, and he pointed at her. And she began to talk. He was, she was, hey, pastor, the guy touched me. No, you kidding. Hey, not this guy. The guy touched me. I said, okay. I said, well, we'll see. And so I made a telephone call. Now it's probably about 12 o'clock. I call the guy. I say, hey, what you doing? I know you sleep. You, you got to go to work and all that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want you to come over here. This is where I'm at. I want you to come over. Man, he flies over to the house, man. He comes to the door. He comes in the door. And, you know, and then the accusation comes out. And, you know, the first thing, of course, no, 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 that's not, I didn't do that. I didn't, blah, blah. And the girl looked at him right in his eyes. She said, yes, you did do it. You know exactly what you did. And he was like, I, I said, uh-oh. I said, hey, go home. <laughs> Get out of this house right now, partner, because they about to jump you, partner. So he leaves. This guy, he touched this girl. Come to find out, I'm driving a conference, right, the next morning. I, I'll handle this when I get back. This is weighing on me, man, because I can't deal with it right now because I got plans the next day. You know, the next week is coming. I got to deal with this. I want to hear from God, all of this. I'm on the way, you know, driving to, to the airport the next morning. All of a sudden, God speaks to me. He says, that computer that's in the church, have somebody check that computer. There's something on it. So I called one of my disciples. I said, hey, I said, I want you to check this computer. And tell me what you find. He goes, he picks the computer up. Before I get to Dallas, he told me, he said, Pastor, he said, you ain't going to believe it, man. I said, yeah, I think I do believe it, man. He told me what was on that computer. And he said, no, but he, you're not going to believe this, Pastor. It's at the same time that you was doing the altar call, he was perusing his stuff. Now, this is a guy you would think wouldn't be doing nothing like that. Somewhere, something twisted in this guy's heart, in his mind. Something twisted in his wife's uh, heart, amen, in her mind because she began to hide the things that he was doing. She knew something was wrong, but she began to hide those things. You got to watch yourself, especially with this technology in this world. Young folks, let me tell you something. You better protect yourself. You know, I, you might be okay, but your friends might not be okay. You know, the people that you associate with school may not be okay. You know, what I'm talking about tonight is actually PG. Amen, I'm talking about tonight. You know, when you go to school the ne tomorrow, the next day, you're living in an X-rated world. It ain't nothing for you to see girls holding hands together, you know, and lip-locking together, guys doing the same thing. That's the kind of world that you're coming up in. But I'm telling you now, that's wrong. That is not right. And you need to judge this very thing. See, we're living in the last days. This demonic, amen, is happening. The strategies of the demonic, uh, the, of imageries and fantasies is happening. 
It's happening through videos. It's happening through the movies. Images, amen, hallelujah, people are looking at these things. You know, the Bible talks about, the, you know, the imageries that come alive and have breath. In Revelation 13, 14, and 15, I'm going to read it out. Amen, it says, and he deceived those who dwelt on earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. Telling those who dwelt on the earth uh, to make an image uh, uh, to the beast uh, who was wounded by the sword and live. Verse 15. He was granted power to breathe uh, to the image uh, of the beast. And the image of the beast should both speak and cause uh, uh, as any would not to worship the, the image of the beast and to be killed. Now, I say that to say this. Here it is, amen, we're able to see videos. We can see videos real time now. And, you know, it's like you can look at this thing uh, and this video, this image uh, is actually speaking to you. It's actually living as you're looking at this thing. You know, so everybody, amen, uh, we, you're going to serve somebody. You know, it's, it's not, no, no in between, you know, uh, who you're going to serve. Either you're going to serve God or you're going to serve the devil. It's no in between. The world is filled with role models and images that aren't real. Fantasies and figures. The world are filled with those things. So we have to protect ourselves as Christians. Keep the word of God in our hearts. Little girls, they want to be Beyonce. You know, some of the guys want to be as cool as Jehovah Jay-Z. <laughs> or, or Kim, you know, and Kanye. A little Lady Gaga, they want to be like. A Cardi B, this foul lady. Who do you imitate in this church, in Virginia Beach? Do you act like anybody? Young ladies, when you're looking in the mirror at home, who do you act like and try to imitate? Young men, uh, when you're at home and you look at who do you try to imitate? <laughs> you will worship something. And it's funny, you know, that the very thing that you worship that you become more like. I, I said that to, uh, uh, think about this. I'm from Long Beach, California, right? I grew up in the, the 1980s where it was gang banging and gangster rap and all of this, you know what I'm saying? I'm 53 years old. I have a problem when I go back home to California and I still see my age group of men up to 60 Still wearing those big old hoop earrings, man. You know what? You're 60 years old, man. You know, you got your pants hanging around your, you know, you're your butt. You know, you're trying to, you know, you know, you've been holding your head like this so long, you stuck. You know, Snoopy Doopy Doopy Dog. You know, trying to emulate. You know, trying to act like Tupac in ice water. And they stuck in that. Why is that? It's because they've been trying to emulate this very thing for so long. There's a famous songwriter who passed away in 2016. He wrote these, uh, these words to a lyrics, and I thought it was kind of cool for this sermon right here. He says, don't let your children watch television until they know how to read, or else they'll know how to do is cuss, fight, and breed. No child is bad from the beginning. They only imitate their atmosphere. Huh? I, I, I say this. I, I think he's wrong on one part. 
you know, that no child is bad from the beginning. Every child is born into sin. <laughs> and every child needs the rod. I, I, it's just so it is. Yeah, I, I have this thing, you know, I read the Bible and I, I take it literal. You know, that, that God, he said, you don't spare the rod on a child. There's a reason why he's saying that. He wants you to use that rod on a child while they're young so you could drive that spirit off of them. Trying to give some parents some hints. We're in a society that our minds feed on fantasy. We feed on, you know, daydreaming and YouTube and social media. Oh, my God. I'm not here to bash your Facebook. But I am here to bash social media. You know, you give yourself to this stuff, hey, man. It'll mess you up. It'll twist your mind. Yeah, I'm not. I understand, you know, things have its place. But if you're in the wrong place, you better beware. TV and Netflix. You better beware. <laughs> these video games nowadays. I'm reading on the, on the airplane that video games, they're finding out these people that are like uh, school shooters, that most of them play these violent, violent video games. So what they're doing is that they're practicing subconsciously and don't even realize it. And then something flip inside of them, and then they go shoot up a bunch of folks. They already got the practice in. It's a simulator. They go and shoot all of these folks up. See, this generation, we're living in a time where they want victory without any type of conflict. You know, in church, they want ministry without any kind of preparation. Your disciple in this place, praise God, amen, that you're a disciple. When I speak disciple, I'm speaking in the sense of woman and a man in discipleship. Because we are all disciples of Jesus Christ. And God is building us. He's preparing us. He's preparing the church. Hallelujah. There's going to be some type of conflict somewhere. Why? Because people are people. People are going to be people. They're going to make you mad. They're going to do something outlandish. And we got to learn how to live with them. And guess what? We got to love them. Think about that. You know, your brother, he done made you mad, you know. But the Bible says, you know, that we must forgive. We got to love him. This generation, they want sex without marriage. Sex outside of marriage. They want to go to heaven and, and, and not bear a cross. <laughs> now, in the, in the text, in verse 6, David, he says these words right here. He says, so I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander off and remain in the wilderness. You know, this word wilderness, it speaks of a place of sin. See, David is talking about, I am tired of the pressures of life. You ever been to that point? You know, just life itself. You know, that word life, man, that word is something else. If you, you really sit down and begin to break that thing break it down what it is life can be hurtful you know if you don't put things in perspective and you get to this point where you want to just get away take a spiritual vacation oh you could be in trouble it'll take you places that you don't want to go oh you don't believe what i'm saying huh it'll take you places where your responsibility you begin to let your guards down and your disciplines and all of this you begin to let those things down and you'll take this spiritual vacation david did it you know, the Bible talks about David. Here he is. He's a warrior king. 
David is a fighter. He is a uniter. But here he is at a point of his life where now he's in the bed uh, getting up late in the day. His uh, army, they're all fighting a war. Other kings are fighting wars. But him being a king uh, of Israel, he's not fighting the war no longer. That he's taking a spiritual vacation. Oh, getting up late in the, in the morning, he's walking, you know, on the roof of his house. And all of a sudden, it's like Bathsheba. You know, he knew who Bathsheba was. You know, that's Uriah's wife, man. You know, I can, I can imagine him, the process that, that went through, you know, the, you know uh, of uh, the, 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 the uh, temptation and all of this that must have went through his mind. I, I can imagine him walking, and all of a sudden, he's like, hey. No, that's Uriah's wife. That's the Hittite's wife. No, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, no, no, I'm not going to. Oh, man. Uh, uh, hey, uh, uh, hey, hey, Jeremiah, come here. Uh, uh, go, go and, uh, go, yeah, her, go get her to bring her here. <laughs> yeah, and, and the killer thing is, you know, the servant was like, uh, King, that's Uriah's wife, man. He told him, he's like, hey, man, that's your, but David didn't even care at that point. Temptation is that he had already said it in his mind. I'm going to do this. And he did it. And it opened up sin in his life, not just his life, but his children's life, his household. You know the story, the child died. His son ended up raping his daughter. Sexual sin. Then here it is, uh, uh, you know, his son ends up killing his own brother. See, David, he isolated himself. He went on this spiritual vacation instead of fighting. Listen, you and I were called to fight. I told you last night we're spiritual warriors. I know life gets hard, the pressures, the responsibilities, and all of that. But listen, you need to fight, amen. You need to fight if not for yourself, but for your family as well. Because the devil is laying in the cut and he's waiting for you to do something wrong. So he could beguile somebody. If it's not you, it might be your daughter. If it's not your daughter, it might be your son. And we talk about, you know, man, I wish my son or my daughter, you know, that they would just serve God. But the problem is, is are you wholeheartedly serving God? What are the words that you speak when you're at home? Is it half-heartedness? They're picking it up. Children are like carpet, man. They pick up everything that falls. I was reading this, well, I was when I was a kid. I'm going to share this with you, and I'm going to close, okay? But when I was a kid, man, I, I, I loved, you know, uh, King Kong. I ain't talking about the new King Kong. I'm talking about the 1933 movie King Kong. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all over, the, y'all over, you know, uh, 45 years old, you know what I'm talking about, right? Well, they used to have these close-ups, you know, uh, that they, the camera would zoom in on King Kong face. Man, that would scare me, man. I, man, I cut the TV off, man. I, whoo, no. Man, I've been in the house by myself, King Kong, man. I, man, it just scared me the bejeebus out of me, man. I, whoo, I cut the TV on, you know, and the big old console TVs, when you cut it on, man, it'd take about 15 minutes for it to warm up again. You know, I cut the TV on, I'm like, okay, it should be over now, man. 
But it was something interesting about King Kong. The whole movie, he chasing this beautiful woman. This whole, the whole movie, man, he's climbing the building, man. You know, chasing this woman, you know what I'm saying? He wants this woman so bad, you know. He's, you know, he's fighting the airplanes, you know. He's swatting up the airplanes. If you, yeah, the, the way that the graphics back then, man, are hilarious if you look at them now. You know, he's swatting, you know, at the, the airplanes as they come by. And should finally, King Kong, he falls from the Empire State Building to his death. Boom. You can hear his heartbeat. Doom, doom. Doom, doom. His eyes are still open. Doom, doom. Doom, doom. Then all of a sudden you hear, <sighs> his heart stops. The people on the ground, the policemen and the, another man, they come over and they, they look at King Kong. And one man, he says, man, that fall killed King Kong. And the, the other man said, no, it wasn't the fall that killed him. It was that beauty that killed him. Listen, the beauty of this world, imagery, it can kill you, amen, if not physically, it can definitely do it spiritually. Where you was once running for Jesus and had this fire of God in your heart. But now you find yourself, you know, like taking two twigs and rubbing them together just to come to church. To find that fire to come to church. Imagery. Fantasy. Be careful. The word of God in your heart. Have it hidden. And when those things pop up, begin to speak those words of truth. It is written, Satan. It's already written. And the Bible says that, that the devil, that he will flee. Let me have every head bowed and every eye closed. Fantasy fever. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself over the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. No, we're not perfect. But the Bible also says that he who practices righteousness is righteous. We're not totally saved until we enter into the kingdom of God. I know you're saved. You're saved by grace. I understand that. But you know, the grace of God, you can actually... Pluck your own self out of the hand of God by the decisions that you make. Practicing righteousness. When I speak of practice, it reminds me of a football player that he practiced with other football players. I said that to say this is that Christians, we should be with other Christians in fellowship and Bible study and prayer because we're practicing. You don't see football players hanging out with ice skaters. And they're trying to win the Super Bowl. They're practicing. You and I, we have to practice. Every day is a practice. There may be some days that you may fail. But the mercies of God are renewed every day. Praise God for that. You know, I, I, I'm glad that God is not like man. Because the fact is, is that if God was like man, God would have got rid of me a long time ago. How about you? That God is gracious and he loves you. He understands. He walked in the flesh, 
for 33 years. He was tempted at every point, never sinned. He knows what you go through. He knows the temptation. That's why he gives us opportunity to come and get our hearts right before him. Even tonight, you might be sitting in this place and fantasy is plaguing your mind and plaguing your heart. It's a plague of our generation, Pastor Campbell said. It's a plague. It's taking folks out. Christians, men, women. Women, you're not safe. There's more women today in pornography than ever. And you know what? They always blame it on the man. But it's just not him. It's mankind. Have a problem. You're in this place and you need to come to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're not saved. And you need to get saved. You want to get saved tonight? I want to extend the opportunity to you. Jesus loves you. He died on the cross. He rose from the grave. It's no mistake that you're here tonight to hear the gospel being preached. The gospel is, is that he came, he lived, he died, and he rose again. That you may have opportunity to make heaven your home. But the Bible also says that you must be born again. That's why we do the altar call. To give you that opportunity that you can become born again. And you can inherit the kingdom of God. You're in this place, you want to get saved. If you raise your hand up, put it right back down quickly.